On this episode, I'll be joined by my brother, Rashawn Bird, the area director for Applebee's. We're discussing what it means to be in a game for so long, the things you learn, the skills, and also doing this while building a family, knowing that it's not going to stop here, that this is a lifelong journey and we're playing to win. Yeah, what's the elevator pitch on how you became area director? You know, I think that anytime you want to get to a position of leadership, you know, it's about hard work. I mean, I think that any business can be discouraging and, you know, you're going to face obstacles. You know, I started at the bottom as washer. And so being able to see that, not, not somebody that just comes from the outside with a Harvard education or something like that, really understanding your operations. So, you know, you got to take it back to, you know, winning a championship, every promotion you're looking to get has to be kind of looked at as a championship game, you know? So, you know, I try to look at all my, all my shifts like that. Right. So anytime we're going to unlock the doors, we're doing that to win. So keeping your head up hard work and just knowing your craft. So, you know, this is a people business too, working in restaurants. So when you employ 50, 60, 70, 80 people, mostly between the age of 18 and 24, you, you got to know how to manage people and uh, treat it just like a head coach. And might not, I might not be the best server, the best cook, but, you know, I sure can inspire one to be their best. So treating it like you own it is the way to go. Yeah, that's a good point, treating it like you own it and going at each day like it matters. I think a lot of people, they see the monotony of their job or maybe they're not in the position that they want to be in and that reflects with their attitude and then their actions. But looking at it as just a part of the journey that you're trying to get to, whether it's that job or another one or even just keeping some food on your table, having that ideal and having that mindset when you go to work every day, I think you get a lot more out of it that way. You know, in our business, we're we're people facing. So managers and team members have to understand that we're on stage. And when you work in a cubicle or in an office and, and, you know, there's no eyes on you directly watching you. So it's, it's just like being on stage. You have to perform in the moment. And when actors go on stage, they don't go on stage to be mediocre, right? It's for the win. So definitely. So after more than 20 years in the business, in the restaurant business, what's, uh, what are some takeaways that you've learned about people that translate, you know, not just in your, in the restaurant, but everywhere? You have to treat each person as an individual. And if you can do that, you're typically not let down by expectations of people. So it's interesting that restaurants bring together people from all classes, races, genders, and could name the list. People from all over just coming to one place to eat. So, you know, if you want uh, your business to be successful, it's about making a connection, right? You know, you have to find out what the story is for the for the guest, for, for the people around you. Then you can be a catalyst towards that, right? So really getting to know, per se, people's interests and, 
and their moods and, and you can tell by the clothes they're wearing and, and their age and the, that they're with. You can you can put together criteria, but, you know, it's such a quick snapshot portfolio that leads you in a way to, you know, guide that experience. So people are people, though. You know, you have to take them as individuals. You never know where someone came from, what their experiences are, and, and through conversation, you know, you're able to manage that. So, you know, I think that uh, you see right now with, you know, COVID-19 going on and restaurants are closing and, you know, people are choosing to come to my restaurants because of the connection that the teams have, you know, and the trust that you build when you have that connection. People know you're going to deliver good food. People know you're going to deliver value and variety. So you really got to make sure people understand how you can help them. And if you can do that nine times out of 10, you'll be successful. Awesome. When you're in one of your stores, with uh, new people before the shift starts, do you have a routine that you go through with the staff? You know, absolutely. I think that the quality of, of a great manager, you have to be giving direction at all times. And it's not dictator style. It's simply asking questions and guiding people to to get things done. Processes every day that, that we go to think that, you know, if you were looking for just a quick interaction with the hourly team members, you know, that, that would be our, our power shift, right. Or, or our team huddle, or some people call it an alley rally where you get everybody together. And it's like a huddle, you know, it's like, a, it's like a team, you call the play, Hey, we're going to be busy tonight and, you know, make sure we're looking out for this and you're going to be here. And if this happens, we're going to, you know, you call the play and then it's, it's ready break and everyone goes their separate ways. So I think that's the most important piece is when you're in a restaurant and it's not going well, you're having a bad experience. It's typically because the manager didn't call the play. And so uh, I think that's what has to happen when you are directing. If I employ uh, close to 600 people, you have to be calling the play or else people are going to call an audible and not everybody's Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. (laughs) So um, you might not want your people calling audibles unless you've given them that permission. Yeah, not everybody is going to be Tom Brady, that's for sure. So since you've been a father and now you have you have three daughters, do you think it's affected the way you work or the way that you see your work? You know, I think that it, it changes the purpose of why you work. So, you know, I think for some people, it, it definitely does change the way you work and how you work. And yeah, I'll say that happened for me too, because it's about you have to be successful. I think that money isn't everything, but to be successful to the point where you can write your own schedule and not be micromanaged and and be able to come and go as you please is a very important thing. So, you know, I think that's the piece there that kind of drove me. You know, I knew if I could get to this level that I'd be able to kind of take care of my family the way I, I want to. So I would always tell Kristen, my wife, you know, if I wasn't married with kids, I'd work 150 hours a week if I could, you know, so you got to realize you got to take some time for yourself and and, and really separate from the job. Easier said than done. Yeah, for sure. So outside of the restaurant business, outside of your, your managerial and your regional duties and whatnot, what do you, what skill are you trying to master just in your own life over the next year? I'm working on MBA right now. 
it's been fun to, to be taking classes again. And you know, strategic leadership is the focus. And, you know, I'd really like to get to a point where I can be cross-functional in, in multiple industries, more planning and, and business development and, 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 and project management, uh, which is a lot of what I do now. I just do it on such a hands-on level and it's more, you know, it's geared towards uh, a specific goal, right? We're going to serve fresh every day and hopefully uh, everyone leaves happy. So, you know, I, I just been working on that. I've been working on just, uh, you know, things around my house, honestly, just trying to be better at completing tasks. So I think if you took uh, most people and you had them create a list of everything that they had to get done, had started and not completed or wanted to get done, I mean, you're talking about pages of things. <laughs> so, you know, just trying to work on completing tasks and, and, and staying motivated. So with completing tasks, I heard years ago that, you know, people are extremely more likely to get things done if they write them down. You know, that could be, you know, goal setting short term or long term, but even just like a to do list for the day. A lot of the successful people that I deal with and work with and and have learned from, they journal all the time. You know, they'll write down goals in the morning or they'll write down how their day went at night. Do you write down anything? How, how's your writing practice? I got about three notebooks open right now, four on my desk that all have some scribble on them. So, you know, I do, I do keep lists and, and to-do lists help a lot. I, I definitely try to keep my calendar organized because the reminders really help stay on task. You know, I think that the, the, the thing about writing things down is that people, I think, have a tendency to overdo it. So, you know, what, what I try to focus on, and there's a, there's a book called Four Disciplines of Execution. It talks about focusing on the wildly important goals. So if you can just focus on what's the most important to you at that time, typically you're going to give more energy to that because it's the most important. So really trying to keep the list to the most important goals is is really crucial i think so there's a lot to do and you can't do it all in a day or a week so you have to really focus on what's most important and, and really start to chop those down so i think the other piece of four disciplines of execution is you know focusing on lead measures right so the goal might to be um lose weight but the lead measure is going to be not eating oreos at midnight when you wake up to go to the bathroom so, you know, mm -hmm. you have to focus on those lead measures that get you to achieving that wildly important goal, right? So the, the, the losing weight would be the lag measure, right? We would be looking at a number, right? We can say, oh, you know, I lost 10 pounds. Well, that's the lag measure, right? We're measuring the pounds after it's already happened. So if we can focus on the things that influence our goals, I think that's been huge. That's been huge. So, yeah, that, that's a good point because I think a lot of people do. They look at the more that they they're doing, they think that they're actually being productive. And just because you're moving doesn't mean you're actually being productive. You know, you can get a hundred little things done. You know, just organizing your dresser, but that doesn't mean you actually had a successful day, or really even got what you want done that day. Like you said, you know, find the things that really matter. It reminds me of something that I heard from. Nelson Mandela, he basically said, men need things that excite us and stimulate your spirit. Like you have to think about something bigger than just the monotony of the day to day. 
It has to be something bigger to drive you or else when it's monotonous or it's boring or it's hard or you're tired, you won't want to do anything. Right. So you, you need those big things that are important. Yep. So what does healthy mean to you? How do you keep a healthy mind? You know, that's a, that's a tough one for me because, you know, obviously working from home a lot now, pretty much 95% of, of my time, you know, I'm, I'm not good with the healthy mind. I'm a doer. I, I, I've been a guy that's been going hard in the paint, you know, his whole career. And, you know, when I, when I take a vacation, I have to take off work three days before I leave for that vacation. So that way I can stop thinking about work by the time I get to that vacation. You know, for me, I think that uh, just reading and staying connected to to news and media and just trying to process things for other people, I think, has always been, you know, what's allowed me to stay calm and, and just keep a level head, you know. Being able to be a mentor or a coach or just an ear for other people has been a lot of my job the past three weeks, so and celebrate the, the, the small wins and things like that, that that you do have during each day. So you said you, you've read you know a couple of good books and you're in school now, but do you listen to audiobooks at all? Yeah, I've got an audiobook going right now, Seven Elements of uh, Great Storytelling to Grow Your Business. So, uh, you know, I've got, I use the public library at Whova, um, you know, unless you download free audiobooks. So... Yeah, I definitely keep up with audiobooks and uh, a lot of podcasts, you know, uh, things like that. So in this business, I mean, you've been in business for, for over 20 years. Is there anybody in particular that you see as a mentor that you've either learned from in the past or you're, you know, you're trying to get somewhat at their level? So I've been with my current company for eight years and honestly as as like a restaurant mentor that that's a tough one for me you know i don't know one person that per se took me under their wing right i can think back to my early days and and i feel like uh, i was learning a lot of things but it's really about how you applied those things so i guess my 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 former boss um you know before i got promoted in this role you know, he, he really made an attempt to prepare me to be an area director. So I was a general manager before one location. And uh, so I run eight locations now. And he, you know, he really groomed me, Scott France, to be an area director. And, and you know, I, I guess if I had to hang my position on anything, it, it, would, it would be that leadership from Scott. So very transparent leader. So I think to myself, you got to find a replacement sometimes, right? And so if you want, uh, the next position who my boss comes to me and says okay who's going to take yours if you don't have that guy available or or girl then what are you doing right we got to be recruiting people talent scouting all the time and you know whether that person ends up taking another position or whatever you have to have your team ready right why would you practice to not win so making sure you know you have that person ready is key but yeah scott france i think he 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 really grew me to be an area director and uh, that's why i'm successful today most likely you got to be a self-starter though nobody's calling me in the morning i don't have to report anywhere i write my own schedule boss doesn't ask me where i've been i i'm not required to go to my location so you have to be a self-starter yeah a lot of people that i mean they want to be successful they don't realize that a lot of it just comes down to your own work ethic 
you know, like the more successful you want to be, the more accountability, the more responsibility, the more you have to be, like you said, a self-starter, you know, no one's going to call you in the morning to make sure that you went to work. Right. You know, they 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 probably won't even hear from anybody unless there's a real problem. That's right. <laughs> <clears throat> but who supports you in your journey? You know, you've been doing this 20 years. You got kids and a wife who, who helps you keep running. And it's just life. You know, I made the decision to go back to school so that way I could take another journey and keep going. Right. So I think there's a lot to do out there and uh, I'm not done doing it yet. So, you know, I think it's just the fact that, uh, you know, when you do have a family, you don't ask, you know, why you have to get up and do those things. Right. You want to get up and do them and, and support out of life every year. So. So when you're not working, when you're not pursuing these goals, what are. What are some three, three or five things that just excite you, that get you going, get you not thinking about work, something that you just really enjoy? Uh, for me, it's the physical activity, man. You know, I, I played paddle, uh, a pickleball for the first time last week. It, it was the best thing ever. So, uh, you know, that that's definitely something, any kind of physical activity, whatever sport it is, if, if we can get a game going, um, you know, that's definitely how I disconnect. So, you know, and then just really spending time with, with my daughters, trying to help them be better people and navigate life and, and, and uh, get their, get their chores done. <laughs> so it's interesting to like be in your, um, like the middle part of your life, if you will, you know, as an adult, right. With the family, it, it's, it's such a phase. So, you know, currently I'm in the, in the, in the family phase of raising young kids and, and that's, that's really what, what consumes most of my time. So. Yeah. I noticed once I became a father too, that, you know, your life is not your own, you know, you're responsible for these people and, and you, you almost feel a calling that, you know, the things that you know, the things that you've learned, you just almost feel a duty, I guess, that you need to share them with those mm -hmm. kids. Cause it's a lot, you know, the, it, it falls on you, you know, they were a reflection of you and you're going to be their father for the rest of their life. And I noticed it, it changed my motivation with some things. Like you said, you know, you, you work for a different purpose, but yeah, it is, it, it's consuming trying to get, these little ones to be responsible adults, but you're right. It is just a phase, you know, trying to be the best you are where you are right now. And then things down the line will take care of themselves. I think far too, too often people are concerned with the future self rather than taking care of the day to day, because that's all we have, you know, days just turn into years and weeks and later on down the line. But so many people are focused on, what's coming up ahead rather than taking care of today. Right. So do you practice any self-talk? And, and by that, I mean, you know, like you said, you know, you're a, you're a self-motivator, but do you actually, you know, talk to yourself either out loud or, or in your head going? Yeah, all the time. I, I, I don't know that I, um, you know, I don't really tell myself keep going or anything like, you know, there's been times when I have, but yeah, I, I think more in, in preparing for things, you know, do I talk it out in my head? I used to do it a lot more than I do now. Yeah, I think that uh, self-talk is huge. I, I definitely do do that in my car, in my head before, you know, I walk into a, a, a meeting or, you know, before I blow up on somebody. Uh, sometimes you have to mm -hmm. just, you know, process some things and 
you know, I, I, I've been fortunate not to be quick to react, but also to have a quick reaction. So he brings up a good point there that it's important not to have a quick reaction. That you can think about things and assess them when you need to, but also be quick to react when you do have the information that you need or you have enough information. Far too often, people just are so caught up in the paralysis of analysis, as they say. But being able to react quickly when you need to, to save things or to stop something from happening is an essential skill, essential skill for a leader. You know, it's uh, it's a fine line. But yeah, you know, I think it, if you don't talk to yourself, then... Uh there's a lot that goes unsaid, I would imagine. So, you know, over these years, you've been in this career, what other areas of, of work and of the world are you trying to get into? I would like to work internationally for a company that provide, you know, sustained food resources, or uh, I wouldn't want it to be cliche and, and just be another restaurant, you know, but it could be a business that uh, provides food to, to regions or, or something like that. So, you know, I think any kind of international development, any kind of project management, you know, public work infrastructure, community planning, you know, I did refugee foster care for Bethany Christian Services and, you know, that was a, that was a great job as well. So any kind of executive leadership for any social service company, you know, is kind of what I'm looking to do long-term. Have you ever heard of a, a guy, this chef Jose Andres? Oh, sounds familiar. The founder of the World Central Kitchen. Right. And they're a nonprofit that does like meals and things like that for, um, you know, when there's natural disasters. But he has a big foundation, but they're international, you know, it can be anywhere. I think he's provided like meals for like 50,000 people already. Is that something along those lines that you're talking about, something international like that as far as aid or more business? <laughs> That, that would be great, but I would be more interested in the logistics side of it than the, the field work, if that makes sense, right? You know, be more interested in coordinating, planning, negotiating contracts, and, and those types of pieces um, more than the actual distribution on the ground level. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I appreciate you being on the podcast. My life at a weird angle started with just me telling my own story after the injury, you know, being six foot four in a wheelchair and just trying to figure everything out. But it's interesting that, you know, everybody is living that same thing. You know, everybody's life is, is at a weird angle yeah. sometimes. And it's the people that actually for it and try to figure it out that end up getting this success and being, you know, the superhero right. in their own story. So you're definitely one of those people. And I'm sure I'm a firm believer that our lives are a ripple effect more so than we can ever imagine. So um, I appreciate you being the type of person that other people can look up to and, and learn from and trust and, you know, adding, adding righteousness to the, to the yeah. world. Right back at you, man. Thanks for having me.